Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. And good afternoon. I'm Angela Cocott. We are live on location down at the Stampede Grounds. We're in a new location. I mentioned this on Friday, but for those of you who were too busy stampeding on Friday and missed that, we are just at the base of the Saddle Dome steps. We are sharing our tent with Global Television, our friends there, and we are here every day, Monday through Friday, except for Thursday. We've got a football game on Thursday. And it's great because we have an opportunity to bring guests around and chat about the Stampede. Nicole Gomez joins me today, and I think if you are a big fan of Top Chef Canada, you would have seen that Nicole won the Top Chef Canada All-Stars competition. She is a chef with strong Calgary connections. Nicole, thanks for dropping by. Thanks for having me. And it's a heck of a lot cooler than it was on Friday, so I'm glad you're you're not sitting here sweating with me like I was on Friday. Uh, Nicole, tell me about the accomplishment of the Top Chef Canada. What do those kind of shows mean for a chef like you? Well, I never even thought it would ever happen. And I did try it on 2000, in 2013, Top Chef Canada, and I think I did pretty good. I came in fifth, last woman standing. Um, it was quite an experience, but I had to remind myself, you know, this is, I have to make it fun. That's the main thing about those shows is mm-hmm. you have to have fun. And um, you can't be too hard on yourself, you know. Um, and then I got asked to do it again. And as Top Chef Canada All-Stars, was another chance at winning. I'm glad you pointed out the, the female chef because I think you were the first of Top Chef Canada as a, a female chef to win. Isn't that right? I was. What does that mean? Because I, I know when we think of chefs, we probably think it's more male-dominated. Is that still the case? Um, yeah, it is if you really want to take some serious statistics yeah. on it. But um, I don't think that has anything to do with it. I'm just not one of those people. I, I have always loved cooking. I've loved it since the minute you know I was walking, um, and I've cooked for a really long time. And I was really determined, and I wanted to learn, and and I really enjoy it. And this is not a career of like TV. It just happened. Yeah. Um, that was. I didn't get up one day and go. I'm going to go to culinary school because I want to be a TV chef. <laughs> I went to culinary school because I want to learn how to cook. And in my time, and not to, to age myself, but in the you know in the late 90s. There were not a lot of women in the kitchen. There are a lot more now. That's great to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it was difficult. It was really difficult to stand up for yourself. But you have to be a confident person in a kitchen, male or female. There are a lot of men that aren't confident in kitchens. I've right. seen it. I've had them come through my kitchen. Um, but I, I think when we start to decipher gender there, then there's an issue. Is it simply because it's a demanding, it's a demanding role? Um, you know, you often hear of chefs having to work in the restaurant business. Yeah. That uh, how you balance. Sometimes the the woman takes on a, a different role and just doesn't have the the time to be able to commit to what can be a real demanding uh, career. That's really true. I mean, it depends what route you want to go. I was very determined to make a career of this, and I started young. Thank God. I can't imagine starting this at thirty. Yeah. Um, I started when I was 18, so 17, 18, so I don't know if um, it would be the same if I had children. You know, and I, that's, well, I don't have them, right? Yeah. And I, I, my 
My businesses are my children now, <laughs> for now. Um, but, you know, I, I was really determined to make that happen for me. And I think those are the choices you make. And, you know, now I'm starting to think about a family and it's just, you know, I'm, I'm older. And yeah. It's never too late. But, um, you know, I, I'm really proud of what I've accomplished. But it's also a time to, like, take it easy a little bit more. I put it my time early when I had the energy is really kind of yeah. what I'm trying to say. And I think you do the same with kids, right? You talk but, about, though, Nicole, uh, starting at 18. But wait a second. You you loved being in the kitchen way before making yourself a professional chef. Tell me about your early influences, the early stories of why you loved cooking. Well, culturally, in my I'm Chinese-Portuguese. So cooking and eating were the most important things. <laughs> and I think that's really important, actually. Um, it not only taught us to sit around the table and talk to each other, I mean, we didn't have iPads and social media and um, distraction, video games, TV. We were very limited in that aspect. My mom never allowed us, our parents never allowed us to do that. We, it was like an hour a week of TV. It's otherwise go out and play. So I spent a lot of time sitting on the kitchen floor when I was young, like from very young. And both my parents cooked, so that really had a big part of it. And I love to eat. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be sort of a prerequisite that if you is, want to be a chef. That's pretty much the most important thing. <laughs> Chinese, Portuguese, what a great background. Where, yeah. where did you grow up? I grew up in Richmond, B.C., mm-hmm. and um, uh, my roots stayed there for quite a while, and then I traveled once I got to cooking school into Europe and Asia. I did Paris and Australia, and then I moved to Calgary. And I've been in Calgary 17 years. And that's what I said. You've got a strong Calgary connection. Oh, I love Calgary. It, did you work at Catch? Yeah, when they first opened, I was at the at most Catch. fine dining restaurant in Calgary at yes. the time. Yeah. Sad to see that one go. Yeah, it yeah. was sad. And so have you spent these 17 years then predominantly in Calgary without doing all your traveling and everything else? But has Calgary been your base? Yeah, and it's been really good to me. Calgary's been really good to me. I think if I was in Vancouver, it wouldn't be the same. Mm. Maybe, who knows, but right. I just love the people here, and there's so much support for small business and young entrepreneurs. I'm glad you mentioned small small business, yes. because was it in 2016 that you and your sister started Cluck and Cleaver? Was that about Yes. Right? Was it 2016? 2016. Independently owned by us, yes. Now, that leap then, because prior to Cluck and Cleaver, what were you doing? I own Nicole Gourmet Catering still. It's, in, it's going still in, going on. Yeah, it's yeah. 12 years old. But can't that believe was, it. That was a catering company. Yeah, I started that when I was 29. Uh huh. Um, and I independently started that as well on my own. It was hard. It is hard. It is. Um, yeah, but you know, I, I, it really taught me to own my own business, and it look where it got me. Like now, I got the chance to do TV, and like it blew into this thing, and I had enough confidence to do it, and then it, it blew into this other thing, and you know, all my world travels have allowed me to do cooking shows. I mean, without my diversity of cuisine, I think that wouldn't have fared very well for me. Cluck and Cleaver. So you said you'd been doing the the gourmet catering, but then you said, I want to open up an actual bricks and mortar. If if no one's seen it, it's the cutest little chicken place on 14th Street, just um, southwest. Southwest, Yeah. 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 Um, But so why that leap then? Well, my sister and I kind of joked about it. We're like, oh, you know, wouldn't it be interesting if we um, opened a fried chicken joint? Because I love chicken. It's like my favorite food. And I love fried chicken. And she was raising chickens and we kind of joked over gin i had a gin and tonic she had a guinness <laughs> and we we're like kind of joking about it and we we're like two sisters working together and i don't know it took a little while mm-hmm. we wrote a business plan well this makes we made it we wrote a really detailed business plan and we're like this makes sense this is on paper now like i did not run nicole Gourmet the same way and i'm like how am i gonna make a business 
that can be scalable, multiply, and me not have to be there 24 hours a day. And you've accomplished that? Yes, we have. Have you so, opened up other when you talk about multiply? Is that still down the road? Yeah, or? yeah. We spent the last two years working on systems so that they can be multiplied mm-hmm. without us being there every moment of the day. Um, like basically like picture books, step by step. Yeah. Um, and systems and automated online things for tracking inventory and hiring. And my sister's a mastermind at that. I'm not. Is she still person. providing the chickens? <laughs> I wish she could. That is actually in the long-term plan. That is she to would change chicken farming. And that we, when we op- open many, that we yes. actually can provide the chickens. That would be amazing. Yeah. Okay, well, that's down the road. Yeah, but we have another location in, um, kind of in the works now for um, early next year. In Calgary? In Calgary. Uh-huh. We, we're going to focus on Calgary, and in the, in the interim, we're also looking elsewhere. You already said you were a big fried chicken fan. However, you did a bit of research. Didn't you guys take some road trips down to the south to see where yeah. real fried chicken's made? Yeah, we did the chicken run. So we <laughs> went from Nashville all the way to Savannah. And we did these little, like, home video kind of things on our phones mm-hmm. with no plan. And we're like, we're just going to eat as much fried chicken as we can. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's we don't try to compete with the Popeyes or whomever, KFCs. Mm-hmm. We're just different. That's We're trying to provide better food fast. Yeah. And essentially, at Cluck and Cleaver, we're using local birds, fresh, never frozen, buttermilk soaked and foothills creamery, creamery um, everything made from scratch, no refined sugars at all. No MSG, no additive, no hydrolyzed palm oil, nothing like that. It's all made on site by a bunch of 14 to 20 year olds. And they're doing a great job. And um, we want you to feel good after eating fried chicken if you're going to take that leap, you know? As opposed to feeling like you need a shower. Yeah, I mean, and we also do roast chicken. Oh, yeah. And I love roast chicken, so I put on the menu, I'm like, we have to have it. (laughs) You know, other people said, why? Just do fried chicken. I'm like, no. We want people to be able to eat, everyone be, to be able to eat right. chicken. Yeah. yeah. You already kind of slipped in something there, a buttermilk soaked, because I've got listeners who are saying, so what's the key to some really good fried chicken if I'm making it at home? I'm yeah. not a professional chef like Nicole, yeah. so what are some of the, I, it's a secret, but I guess you already said buttermilk, so soak it in buttermilk? Yeah, there's an enzyme in buttermilk, like there's an acid kind of that breaks down bird a little bit. Mm. Add a little salt to it too, it brines it, that's right. important. Um, but, you know, it's not totally necessary. You could do it with salt and water if you wanted. Yes. Um, but how, how long would good, you soak it for? Uh, anywhere from up to 24 hours. Wow. Yeah. And it, there's a ratio, but yeah. I can't give you that. Yeah. I'll be giving you all the secrets. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but it's about the frying, too. Um, the oil that you choose. Peanut oil is ideal, oh. um, but expensive and allergies. We can't do that at the shop, obviously. Right. Um, but uh, It's ideal because of what? Flavor or the heat that it... The heat. The, yeah. the flash point go? of peanut oil is the highest. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you can cook really high and not have it, you know, go it, rancid or whatnot. Yes. Yeah. But... Our technology that we've researched is definitely the reason why the chicken is so consistent. And, Can you tell you us know, what kind of oil you use? Um, we use canola. Oh, you said canola. Okay. Yeah, or we use canola. Non-hydrolyzed or... Yeah, uh, okay. none of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, I want to take a break because, yeah, we're talking chicken, but yeah. um, Nicole also has a lot of charities close to her heart, and we saw that when she was going for the uh, Top Chef Canada All-Stars competition. Nicole Gomez is my guest this half hour. Yes, she has. she's the mind, her and her sister behind behind Cluck and Cleaver here in Calgary. It is 317. I'm Angela Cocot, live on location at the Calgary Stampede. Back after this. 
My guest this half hour is Chef Nicole Gomez, and uh, she is behind Cluck and Cleaver. She's a recent winner of the Top Chef Canada All-Stars. Um, Nicole, someone called me on even saying that you were the first female, just saying, why are we focusing on the Top Chef contestant's gender? How about the immense talent or her cultural influences and her cuisine? Those are huge culinary... Oh, it might just have broken up culinary attributes and you're right i mean i i think that's what you would say as well yeah. it's great that you're the first female yeah. um because i think it says a lot for those women who do know how hard it is to be uh, a chef it's a challenging balancing act and everything else but kind of cool what you bring to the cultural scene as well with your background you know what it has it i oh and all the guys that have worked with me or work with me in the past will tell you it that had nothing to do with me being a, a woman at all right because like, i can do a lot of work, and ultimately, I think. <laughs> ultimately, I think when it comes down to any of the gender discussion, it's always okay. Who can do the job? So good yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, what were you just doing earlier this afternoon at the Roadhouse? Oh my God! You amazing. just showed me a picture that looks. Oh my God! Incredible. I didn't even know I was going to do that. I just did it. But I'm. I was doing. I'm. I'm. Um. So happy to be here on Food Network. And I have a great relationship, Food Network Canada. And they asked me to come down and uh, do a meet and greet at um, the new Big Four Cookhouse, yes. which is in the new Big Four Roadhouse. So the, the ro Cookhouse in the Roadhouse. Yeah, yep. and it's awesome because like, I saw it last year for the first time. And this year, there's live music. They had Blue Rodeo down there yesterday. Mm -hmm. And they inside, is they have this wonderful cookhouse. Um, and it has awesome smoked meats, brisket, pulled pork. And chicken, and they asked me to work with the chef here at the Calgary Stampede, who's awesome, Derek, mm -hmm. Chef Derek, mm -hmm. and curate two sauces to go with some of the meats. So I came up with a root beer um, barbecue sauce, mm. which I already make. I make root beer chicken wings all the time. Okay, and um, at home, yes. of course, root beer barbecue sauce. Yeah, yeah. and I made a, a take or a spin on South Carolina vinegar mustard sauce, like a um, honey mustard. Uh huh. Kind of like HP met mustard, okay. so honey mustard. <laughs> but um, you know, I went down there to do the meet and greet, and we were just chatting. And and they have this challenge up there called the meat sweats. Listen up, guys. The meat and sweat gals. challenge. Yeah, listen up. This is it was awesome. So it's a 24 ounce sandwich of any of the meats that you want that I've mentioned, uh, like yeah. chicken, pulled pork, or beef, uh -huh. in a bun with coleslaw. And you have to eat it within 15 minutes. It's and the and you know it's really actually very affordable inside the cookhouse. Yeah. Like an eight ounce sandwich, which is half a pound of meat, is eight bucks. Okay. That's, That's a good great deal. Yes, people it's always unreal. say it's so expensive. Yes. Like if you go out to the rest, anyways. It's, yes. It's a great deal. Yes. So if and you so, eat it in 15 minutes, do you get it free? No. Uh, <laughs> but no. But you virtually, you essentially do because they give you a twenty-five dollar gift certificate certificate for any of the food on the stampede okay, grounds good. so basically yeah if you can do it so it is free if you can do it did you do it no oh my God. but i was thinking i was being strategic and i asked for pulled pork half pulled pork half brisket uh-huh and i swear they piled mine on higher like i More asked than 24 if they ounces oh for sure that's a pound and a half meat <sighs> it looked like two to three pounds <laughs> but the guy next i challenged Three other guys. Are you just picking them out randomly? No, they okay. came up and oh, volunteered. Yeah. Oh, good. So I paid challenged? for their sandwiches. Whatever. <laughs> the guy next to me, the smallest of the bunch, ate his in 14 minutes. Did it under the 15 minutes? Yeah. yeah. So they and another guy did it too. 
But you know what? They were amazing. I couldn't even believe it. The minute I saw how fast he was doing it, I gave up. I, I just gave up because I'm like, I am not going to do this. I'd almost think pacing would be important. You've got 15 minutes. Don't eat it too fast. Yeah, well, you know what the record is? What? Three and a half Oh, my minutes. gosh. They're trying to actually do a record, too. Three and a half minutes? Three minutes oh. and 28 seconds. Was you the challenge? It was the, the the winner so far. We were talking about July Fourth, the uh, Coney Island hot dog challenge last week, and it's always Joey Chestnut's skinny guy. I swear, there's something about their stomach lining, yeah. what they do to be able to make room. I don't for get it. it at all. I was like, this is not cool. <laughs> I love it though. Meat sweats. Yeah, and you know, you should cut, like honestly, I I was um I saw the um you know the big four last year, and it's totally different. You go upstairs, and it's this beautiful room, and it has an awesome-sized bar, and yeah. they have music that starts at 5.15. And you know what? You're inside an air-conditioned building. Yes, As opposed to awesome. some of the beer gardens here that and are it's hot. clean, and the bathrooms are, like, right there. And, <laughs> and I'm there again. I'm excited. I'm there. I'm not going to do the meat sweat thing again tomorrow, but... You're there tomorrow? Yeah, okay, I'm there I'm gonna tomorrow. I'm gonna between what time are you there? 12 and 1. Okay, 12 and 1. And hmm. 3 and 4. Okay, I might not be able to see you between and, 12 and 1. But, but if anything, go down and try the delicious food. Yeah. Oh, the pickle was delicious. Oh, the and t- the chips, the potato <laughs> chips were good. Before you go, I want to talk about your um, charities. Because you're a successful chef, you're running the cluck and cleaver, you're thinking of expanding. Why is giving back so important to you? Calgary has been so good to me. And um, if I'm really focused on children based charities and health mm-hmm. and food. Yeah. So I decided that that's the way to go. I And I mean, health being cancer, the whole thing, right? Yeah. I have a mom. You know, it's like cancer is just totally stricken the world. Yeah. But I decided to uh, work with um, Calgary Health Trust NICU unit, the neonatal intensive care unit at mm-hmm. the Foothills. They're building a new ward and I had done some catering with them, charity catering. Um, and we had a little um, meeting, and I said, you know, can I come for a tour of the ward currently mm-hmm. and what you plan on doing in the expansion? Because we did the catering in the expansion. So they brought me to the original, to the current yes. ward, and they gave me some statistics, and they showed me some babies that I'm like, how are you even making this happen? Yeah. And they have a great success rate there. And... Um, you know, when you see a 400-gram baby, you kind of go... Well, hurt. especially if someone who's even dealing in pounds of meat and stuff. That's what always gets me. It's when like I less hear than a pound of butter. Less than a pound. Exactly. Yeah. And the and the conditions in which they have to feed the babies and how they do that yeah. um, is really, really impactful. And they're so lovely, all the nurses. Um, and I can't... I couldn't do it. I'd be bawling every day. Um, but... When I after I left that visit, I said, you know, with my new Top Chef stuff that I knew was coming, I'm not going to do what I did. Before I'm just going to do something different. Before I did several charities, mm-hmm. and I'd have these viewings, and all the proceeds, every single red cent went to charities. Right. I wanted to buy equipment for the ward, so I said, is there a program in which you do that? And they go, yes. And so we were able to over I think seven viewings out of ten. We were able to raise $45,000. Wow. Um, thank you, Calgary, because a lot of my friends in the industry and a lot of my clients um, donated prizes for silent auction. And they come and watch Top Chef. Yeah, WestJet yeah. gave me a flight for two. Like, there are so many charities out there. There's, like, even out in the mountains, Mount Engineering gave me, like, 
resort packages. Like, it right. was really, really, really right. lovely. Willow Park gave me huge things of wine, vine arts. Like, everyone. Every, yeah, everyone you're going to forget one. I know, I know. Off, but still, but I just feel support, like I have yep. to because it's just, it was so much. Yeah. And, um, people who donated their spaces, like National 10, um, you know, um, so you're I had my finale to- at, um, oh my God, I'm so terrible. Um, <laughs> don't. Yeah. Don't anyways, even try to think I know. I'm just, but still, you were able to raise forty-two thousand, forty-five thousand dollars. And yeah. at the very end, my goal was fifty, but at the very end, someone did plop in another few thousand. So wow. we got in at about forty-six or forty-eight, and we were able to buy forty-five feeding machines. Wow. Yeah. So I think that's really incredible of Calgary to do that, and I think it's really awesome that everyone came to them. I love that they were feeding machines, and you're a chef. Yeah, is <laughs> the importance of that? You yeah, know, starting off right. And exactly. Else. Nicole, um, lovely hanging out with you and um, getting lots of texts here about Cluck and Cleaver and how they love it, and even Pat, my operator, loves your rotisserie chicken. He, is that what you're saying, Patrick? Again? Yes, in my ear. He's loving the. Ro- yeah, yes, he yeah. loves the rotisserie chicken. So, um, good luck tomorrow. Uh, so it's going to be another, I know you're not doing the meat sweats, but it'll be another meat sweats from noon till one when you're there? Yeah, if yeah. If people want to come down and watch someone else well, try to Yeah, consume. it's pretty funny. I want to, I, I totally want to watch it again. Not me <laughs> doing not, it, but. Not consume. Yeah, and tomorrow, tomorrow we're going to talk a little bit more about my experience on the shows, um, Top Chef Canada All-Stars and Iron Chef. I did Perfect. Iron Chef and it was so fun and. Um, love it. Yeah, come people, on down and ask me any question pe- behind the scenes. People love those shows. Uh, thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you. Nicole Gomez joining us today. We've got news coming up next.